With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. Uh, today's December 1st. Uh, Bitcoin has moved back into its like 16000 ish dollar stable coin. So we're we're kind of hovering here, uh, clearly in the in the bear, not in a winter, but you know, we're starting to see some interesting signs. Um, just to kind of give some some a little bit of context, last night Sam Bankman were on TV and um, essentially, in my opinion, decided to just lie for about an hour, um, you know, in, in a various forms of deceit. Uh, I, I did I found almost nothing he said truthful. Those are my personal opinions, but it really kind of showcases a little bit of, of the asset class and a little of the struggles that we're having right now uh, from a public relations side. That when we have somebody who was on the, the cover of Fortune uh, that was, you know, truly almost the poster boy of crypto, um, that is now we're seeing massive meltdowns, you know, true fiduciary uh, failures at, at every single level of his organization. It just hurts, you know, the, the Web3 asset class. Now, on the flip side, there's amazing entrepreneurs and amazing uh, people in the space that really do need to be highlighted more. I'm very lucky to have one of those today that has made uh, amazing uh, strides for, for Web3 uh, and blockchain technologies overall. Uh, Liat with uh, Horizon Labs and, and also another announcement here in a second as well. But Liat, before we you know, kind of dive into everything you've been doing at Horizon, let's, would you mind kind of stepping back a little bit and how you got into uh, kind of Web3 and blockchain? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not your typical crypto degen. Um, I had a, you know, in the meantime, a meandering career that started in law. I was um, did my uh, a JD MBA equivalent in Israel, which is uh, an LLB, so a bachelor's in law and an MBA, and then went into mergers and acquisitions in Israel. Worked with a lot of startups and venture capital firms, and that's where I got my footing into this uh, into the space, into the idea of where technology can can bring us and. Um, from there, I, you know, was kind of busy also growing a family and tried to find something that was more conducive to that than M&A. So spent some time running an entrepreneurship program, which is essentially a um, an academic accelerator at one of Israel's top privately funders, only privately um, funded university in Israel called Reichman University. And the program is called the Zell Entrepreneurship Program. It's funded by Sam Zell of Chicago with the idea of just um, allowing students to create their own ventures in their final or the year after they finish their studies. And um, and really, Sam Zell's vision is creating the future business leadership of Israel, which I really connected to. So I spent 10 years there. I'm still very, wow. very active as um, the chairman of the program. But from there, the kind of the natural conduit was to go into venture capital. I have spent so much time looking at young entrepreneurs and trying to figure out if they've got the right match and the right um, uh 
kind of connection between their abilities, founder, founder market fit and product market fit in order to take early stage companies out. So I did that for two years uh, at a Israel, New York VC that's called Marker LLC. Hmm. And from there, I went operational to a company called Selena, an Israeli high growth tech startup in the hospitality space. Spent a year taking the company from 800 employees to 1600 employees. I was on the corporate operations, so not the hospitality operations. Um, it was a really, really great insight for me to get to see a company um, in later stages and from an operational sense. And from there, I was thinking, what next? What am I going to do when I grow up? Which I'm you know, still figuring out every day. But I, um, having spent a lot of time in Panama with uh, Selena, the company that I was the COO of, I got to reconnect with my cousin, Dean Steinbeck, who was at the time going down the rabbit hole into crypto. And I kind of followed him right down that path. And to me, what's exciting about blockchain is it's the ability to, to get us to the, that next level of internet where there's, you know, more peer to peer engagement and incentivization on all different levels and more immersive and engaged environment. So even before it was called web three, the idea of the technology really, just really attracted me. I love that. And, and you know, what's really important, especially with the preamble that I just did, is, is that we have someone like yourself that does have a, a lot of rooting in, in traditional M&A, legal, legal experience as well, and that we understand that, that corporate architecture, which is in some cases been around for, for centuries, um, is designed for a reason. Um, there, there is you know, a lot of systems, processes, and procedures that have been tried and true that doesn't matter what industry, doesn't matter what asset class there is, um, human resources is human resources. Um, and, and, uh, and just being able to kind of take a look and say, this is a new asset class that's already rapidly evolving. It's extremely volatile anywhere that you can have a solid foundation, especially with your team, especially with governance. Um, I think has been overly highlighted, <laughs> um, in the last six months, if you would agree. I absolutely agree. And, um, and I think this, this speaks a lot to, there's many levels of this, but I think, um, and we can talk about business model and, and I think we probably will when we talk about the launch of, um, of HLB, which is like a little spoiler alert, but I think even if we go into governance on what is now an up and coming, um, iteration of governance in the space, Mm -hmm. which are the DAOs. So decentralized autonomous organizations and, and thinking about how do you incentivize people to engage, but also how do you build it so that it actually does give that kind of, um, that kind of corporate responsibility that, that we're used to in the frameworks that we know from, you know, from corporate law, from building of um, these organizations. And I think that's super exciting. And one of the big challenges of this uh, space. Yeah. You know what? And I love DAOs. Like DAOs to me are, you know, when, when people say DAOs are eat the world, I absolutely agree. I don't think it's the current iteration that we're seeing today. We're seeing some yeah. very early, like, um, same as NFTs, you know, we, we've kind of, we saw the ICO craze, we saw the, the NFT craze, we've seen the DAO kind of whatever the case is. Um, and they've been amazing proof of concepts. Um, they showcase, you know, that the technology is, is potential, has the potential to do so. Um, but we still have a little bit of work to make sure that, that 
the legal frameworks and and also the the real world like utilities uh, are there. And I think we've seen too many examples of you know going from you know step one through ten being shortened down to just step one, and really a, a big miss on why some of those other steps exist. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think you were alluding it to it earlier in uh, in your opening, but um, I think the the fact that we're talking about really groundbreaking technology and um, and and kind of a a new paradigm for how we we operate with that technology doesn't uh, do away all kinds of things like corporate governance and viable business models and 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 really you know, the whole idea of creating value for stakeholders. So that doesn't go away and you can't just, you know, kind of uh, abstract that out. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to, let's dive in because let's just right away. There's so many things that you guys have done and that's the biggest difference I think between horizon and, and what you guys have done is you have accomplished a lot where a lot of people have promised a lot and there's a big differentiator. So I'm going to throw you a big, you know, uh, T-ball here, um, which is that for for really the boom of 2020 and, and, and 21, um, we saw amazing promises. <clears throat> we saw concepts that came out of people saying, I'm launching this project and I'm going to make a triple A game and here's the characters. And, you know, these things were trading for tens of thousands of dollars in some cases. Um, it, and, and the concept is great. The, the theoretical, like, uh, you know, like overall, like this is fabulous, but there was no team that was ever, ever just you know, conceive that could actually accomplish these things. There was no ability for someone to create you know uh, you know hundreds of millions of dollars worth of IP um, from from people that are you know and it's no offense to some young you know, there's some young brilliant people um, you know they they didn't even know how to accept the money, let alone how to de- properly deploy that. Um, now on the flip side, uh, you, you guys have done an amazing job of delivering on, you know, really, uh, and exceeding, I think a lot of people's expectations on, on variety of projects there. Yeah. Thank you. So I think, um, we had a lot of background and not all of it was so successful, but I think we were everything that we did up to that point, um, where we were instrumental in getting the ApeCoin launch, um, out, was was very much a perfect storm of a lot of our background, our connections, our place in the ecosystem, and everything that we did. So we did start out, um, you know, we were a Bitcoin-based um, uh, protocol with the idea of thinking about not only privacy from shielded transactions point of view, so using zero knowledge to to do that, but more from a data privacy standpoint. And that's where we spun out the technology arm, an equity-funded company, to really build that technology for a fully decentralized and using zero knowledge not to shield transactions, but to be able to connect between a side chain scaling solution and the main chain truth engine, if you will. So we were very, very busy, hunkered down in the last crypto winter building on that. Um, and in the meantime, we've been around for a while. So we have great connections with market makers, with exchanges, with really everyone in the ecosystem. And I think um, it's not it's not a trivial matter in this space to have that kind of reputation and have it for, for many years. And I think that helped create the perfect storm for the opportunity, which was 
definitely not on our, on our focus list. And I think, you know, having been an entrepreneurship educator and trying to teach my students about being focused and staying to your course, I think we were actually really opportunistic and, and almost defocused, but the opportunity was so great. And we were able to say, well, you know, the heavy lift is going to be less on the technology angle and, and more on our back end. And that back end is those relationships that we have with the ecosystem, our legal background, our finance background. And so we took this opportunity of working with Yuga Labs and um, orchestrating the ApeCoin launch, which really developed a complete new business unit within Horizon Labs. And, and you know, I mean, it really was a project management um, exercise of taking a lot of different skill sets that we had within the company, um, also from our uh, connections in the in the ecosystem. Being able to launch on almost fifty exchanges on day one was a testament to the fact that we did have very good relationship with the ecosystem, but also just m- managing to, you know, a coin launch is inherently from a technical technical standpoint, not so complicated, but to make sure that you do it right at scale with the amount of transactions that were happening, um, that was not an easy feat. And so because we've been experienced in the space, because we've gone through many, um, technological development and audits and just making sure to, um, essentially cross the T's and dot the I's on that sense really helped us uh, be able to to successfully um, partner in that launch and be a very meaningful contributor in that um, incredible ecosystem, which we've been able to harness and build on, whether it was the other side deeds or ape staking and, and other projects within the ecosystem. So it, it's been a very wild ride, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and and a couple of things just to again for the listeners that are they're trying to understand exactly how chaotic some of this stuff is, probably on the back end. And and I have no institutional knowledge of this. There's a lot of like brand new protocols and brand new kind of thoughts that ha- like none of this has been done before. Like the this is trailblazing, um, and and to do it in not just a technically uh, compliant manner, but a legally compliant manner on a global scale is like. I mean, most people don't even take the time to think about how to do this properly, let alone are able to actually implement it on the success rate that you guys have. You're absolutely right. And that, and that was it. You know, there was, we were trying to dig up comps on so many different things and it was really, really hard. There were some big, you know, there was like Axie Infinity on one end and then just a lot of little things. It was really, really hard to be able to take that data and glean any meaningful insights. So we were kind of treading through some very um, open-ended environments. But really what we stuck to is the fact that what has been Horizon Labs' success to date is making sure that we're always compliant and um, legally sound and responsible in what we do. That's been our mainstay. And we took that ethos and made sure that we worked with the best partners. We worked with um, Fenwick, to make sure that whatever we were building was actually compliant. And then we have a lot of legal um, kind of capacity on our team as well to really uh, be thoughtful, not only about the day one launch, but how it would be, um, how it would play out in the future. So yes, we spent a lot of time thinking about it and it was 
you know, a bit of a wild west in the sense that it hadn't been done before, but we think that we created a, a really effective playbook that now we're working on with a lot of other uh, clients and, and we feel very um, kind of humbled and uh, empowered by the fact that we have been able to see um, so much success. Yeah, and, and I would say for anyone out there, whether you you know love the the, the apes or or not, it doesn't matter because a success in the space is what we all want to need. And so you you can be a fanboy, you can not. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, what we need is is standards and and regulations that that we as an asset class <clears throat> have put in place. Um, because if we let the other side tell us exactly how to operate, we're not going to be happy because they don't understand the technology to the level that Liad and, and, and her team do. So and to me, this is one of the most important things that we can do is the, is have the, the professionals in the room you know, which is which is uh, you know, Horizon and others um, really go out and, and trailblaze in a little bit. Because um, when you try to do this, there's a few things that happen. And Liat, please correct me on any of these things. Um, you're going to go get outside legal counsel and say, this is our plan. This is what we want to do. And, and while you, they may not be able to sign off 100% on it, they're going to give you some opinions. And, and then you have to make a business decision on what you want to do with, with yourself and the clients. Um, what no client wants to do is to put themselves in the position to make new case law. Like, you want to you want to live in in as clear of the the white space as possible and and dip a little bit into the gray, but have as much case law behind you that you don't have to have this rush to to get into a courtroom to defend yourself, a la Ripple. Um, and and so really, that's that's kind of the goals. And and you guys have done a fabulous job of I think making people aware of what you've done, um, excited about what you've done, and and now kind of really trying to see that this is a, a, a correct structure that that should be enhanced and followed. And I think that, that's a great point. And I think legal is one part of it. I think even, um, you know, one of the challenges in Web3 is that it's just not as easy as Web2. So we're all very used to um, how just incredibly um, easy to use Web2 is and Web3 isn't. So getting that part right is also super important. And we spent a lot of time making sure that um, this launch and, um, you know, the other side sales and everything else. And of course, it doesn't ever go 100% smooth, but we did spend a lot of energy. And I think we're ultimately successful in making sure that it was as smooth as it could be in this, you know, very um, challenging environment. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think having professionalism in this space is is definitely a call to or like a call to order. We we need to have more thoughtful, um, professional, and um, and just make sure that we're doing things uh, by the book legally, but also just commercially, so that it's not just a circus of activity that you know has like flames and busts and. And I love, I love that analogy, circus of activity. That 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 sounds like some of my days. Um, <laughs> you know, all of ours. But, yeah, and 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 you know, to clarify a few things, you know, having adults in the room, and when I refer to adults, I mean that those of us that have you know twenty years of business experience, you know, kind of you know our ten thousand hours already there, do, doesn't mean that we don't need the Gen Zs. Doesn't mean that we don't need the the emerging entrepreneurs. Um, but but our ten thousand hours, while different than than others, you know, in each asset class, uh, Liat, yours are your ten thousand hours are going to be different than my ten thousand hours. Um, they still apply, and you gave great examples in your intro 
of all the various things that you've done through your career and how they touch upon what you're doing today and why. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I, I would love just for every entrepreneur watching this to really understand is you're building the team. It does You don't have to acquire people that are, are, are DGENs. Um, really good business people that understand entrepreneurialism um, are, are in a massive need in this space right now today. And that's one of YWills' largest focuses. But let's, let's pivot because you got some big news today, Liat. And that's really, uh, really, really exciting for a lot of reasons, especially in the market that we're in today. Right. So today, uh, December 1st, is actually the launch of Horizon Labs Ventures. So after a few months of trying to figure out um, how to do this right, uh, what has been in play for about a year in Horizon Labs is two business units, one focused heavily on our deep tech capabilities in zero knowledge and and building really next generation blockchain tools for real world use cases, um, especially with a focus on securing kind of the world of Web3. And this almost side business that we built that has been exceptionally successful with um, a lot of interesting clients and amazing opportunities. And Horizon Lab Ventures is really set out to do um, as its own separate um, entity. So today we're announcing um, a divide and conquer strategy where we keep Horizon Labs, but um, spin out or just have a... um, a completely separate company called Horizon Labs Ventures, which will focus on Web3 consulting, helping clients navigate Web3, succeed in Web3, and generate value. And at the same time, we're also going to be launching, and this might take a little bit more time just as a given of the market environment, a venture capacity to be able to invest in some of the great clients that we're working with, but also... um, through our deal flow, some middleware that will help us service these clients in the best possible way. So we're really excited about this notion of advise, build, and invest. And, and that's what HLV is all about. I love that. And and, it, and again, it's it's really interesting because just to be clear for everyone, this is the first time Leah and I have ever met. I've never had any interaction with Horizon before. But independently, you have two entrepreneurs uh, really across uh, from different parts of the planet that have built similar ecosystems. Why Whales is communities, uh, ventures, solutions, which is consulting, and then labs. Um, and I truly believe with 20 plus years of, of VC experience that a traditional VC in the space that is nothing more than a VC is, is not going to find the success that they found in other asset classes like fintech and, and, and bios and, and everything else because this asset class changes so quickly and it moves so much faster than anything is before that you really have to have an entire ecosystem, a very holistic approach towards understanding the asset class and then trailblazing uh, with it as well and then bringing, bringing those along that, that understand your mission, vision, values. And I think you raised a really good point, which I think is very um, central, especially from what we've seen in this um, very dynamic and new ecosystem, is that there is much more room for cooperation between companies that are doing similar things with similar clients. So I think that the Y Whales mission and what we're doing at HLV is very much interconnected and similar in one kind of you know, let's say 
in some past worlds, you would say like, wow, we're competing with the same kind of client base. And so why would we ever want to even talk to, to each other? But I think in, in this environment, and I think what is so special to Web3 is that this idea of collaboration among people and trying to find how we can all bring our unique values into making things just exponentially better is so much more powerful. And I think that has to do with not only on the advising, but also on the investing and and you see it all across uh, the board. And so I'm super excited about it. To me, that's, um, it's always been one of the things that I've found in the Israeli ecosystem, in the Israeli tech ecosystem, even way back, much more collaboration than what you saw out in other ecosystems. And so it's it's great for me to see how that is now played out on a much wider scale in Web3 because I feel it's a big part of what Web3 ethos is about. Yeah, I, and, and we're seeing um, some trends that are they're starting to emerge from the, from the bull to bear. Uh, you know, it, that again, believe in kind of this, this legal uh, version of web three that, you know, the, the dark net still exists for web one, you know, that people said, you know, I refuse to comply. I want to go have, you know, no rules. And that's exactly great. That's fabulous. You know, why whales, um, we're all known entities, you know, you can go be anonymous, a lot of places on the internet, just not with us. You know, we're talking about investing, we're talking about securities and, and, uh, you know, there's, that, that's just important to kind of have that trust. And so I look at, um, you know, I'm super excited, uh, to collaborate with you. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is that, you know, we're, we're not in competition. We're, we're, we're tr- currently today, we're a sub-trillion dollar asset class um, that success looks something closer to $50 trillion. Um, you know, if we hit some of the lowest metrics that exist, there, I mean, there's, there's, there's some institutions that have that much. Um, so when we're thinking about the, the idea of replacing SWIFT system, we're thinking about the idea of a global, a global economy of digitizing real estate assets, everything else, um, you can see how big it's going to get and it's never, but we're never going to get there. Um, if there's infight, we're never going to get there if, if, you know, my way is the only way and we can't, you know, so while we probably don't have a hundred percent alignment, we know we're going in the same direction and I absolutely will do everything I can, including bringing you on my podcast to make sure that, that your ventures, uh, succeed and that you get good deal flow and same as us. So we we're thrilled to have you in, in the hunt and in the game with us. Yeah, and I, I very much appreciate that. But I think you're absolutely right. I think the opportunity is too big and the unknowns are too big for us to be able to make those kind of exclusive bets and put all of anyone's eggs in any one basket. I just think there's a lot of a lot of eggs and a lot of baskets and a lot of opportunity. And the way to actually win is to be able to place a lot of bets and do that together. And so we win together and we explore together. And the opportunity is just big enough for everyone. No, I, I completely agree. And and what we saw in in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and we're now at the tail end of it, you know, here um, is is the bull rush that was really started in twenty seventeen. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the companies that that really had the, the highest rewards and the, and the highest you know returns on on to their investors um, were at that point, you know, four to five years old. They had been they had been building, they had been investing, and they had an entirely different outlook and theses on the space uh, at that time. And so when you look at uh, us, we're the new class. We're the new class that was born in, in, the, uh, um, in the bull of, of 2020 uh, in a variety of ways. And, and now you know, we're, we're settling into, uh, into, the, into a bear. We're settling into winter and we have, we're, fun, we're all funded. Um, we all have our ideas. We have our, we have our missions and, and there's a lot of alignment. And so you know, truly, uh, it's, it's interesting to see kind of the class of, of what potential will be 2024 
uh, around the time the next having when the next bull run is really going to be pushed to see what we've built and 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 to see consumers get super excited about like real utility, real use case. And, and you mentioned it earlier about um, I mean you didn't allude to the gray hair in particular, but more to uh, <laughs> to the time. But I, I do have my my fair share, um, and I think we've been through cycles. Um, at least someone with my gray hair has been through enough cycles to understand that you know there's downs and ups and 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 there is definitely a, a wave to it. And from mm-hmm. my experience in these um, in these bear markets, that's when great entrepreneurs hunker down and build great stuff. So that's what we're really excited about using this time. And like you said, we're, we're fortunate that we have the the funding and the opportunity to be able to build. And I think we're also a little bit humbled by this, you know, this recent um, downturn to also kind of get back to the basics of, you know, the kind of business models that are going to work. And those are the ones that are you know, repeatable and sustainable and, and, and make business sense. So, um, we all enjoyed the rush of this wild ride, but I think, um, those of us with enough experience also know that at the end of the day, there are fundamental changes to how we engage with technology and, but there aren't any fundamental changes to the laws of economics, um, supply and demand stay, and everything else about it stays. And so I think that really relates to what you're talking about. This this asset class is still going to have to figure itself out, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're going to bend the rules of economics. I think there is going to be more opportunity for participation and incentivized participation. And I think that is different, but it doesn't change the basics of economics. No, and and I mean, let's be clear. We've, we've seen the rise and death of, stable, of algorithmic stable coins. Please, nobody... There's no reason to try it anymore. It's 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 a dead it's a dead technology um, that that you know showcases exactly how how and why we need to really always look to the past and say why do things exist and let's try to replicate as much as we can the way it sits currently before we keep trying to push things aside and try to innovate around um, regulations. Just just being able to put the current you know global uh, economic engine on blockchain. Is a massive savings of time, energy, and money uh, that that would bring huge value to over two billion people around the world that have no access to banking, no access to loans, no access to anything. Um, we don't need to skip insurance brokers and regulatory, you know, bodies. Like we can do a lot while still, you know, adhering to kind of the way things are today. Totally agree. So we, let's let's dive right into uh, or a little bit more. Like, talk to us a little bit more about the theses, uh, you know, behind ventures, um, and and kind of the the types of investments that you guys are looking for specifically. So HLV is poised to make investments in 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 two frameworks. One is in the companies that we're actually servicing um, as Web three advisory. So companies that we're excited about because we've been working with them, we know the teams, we're kind of deep in the trenches of helping them build the right tokenomics, uh, the right framework, the right incentivization models, um, and whether it's for, um, you know, whether it's for a game or a health uh, startup, we've been very active with our uh, customer base and we understand uh where the value in those tokens would be. So 
it's opportunistic, but it's also based on what we feel is a competitive advantage in the sense that we've already worked with these founders. We know them and, and anyone who's worked with um, early stage startups knows that products change, uh, markets change, business models change, but the real, the real bet is on the founders and their ability to navigate those changes. So we feel like we are, um, almost, um, you know, kind of unfairly advantaged in the fact that we know these founders intimately and we've helped them think and navigate through their offering. So that's one place. The other one is, and this is a function of deal flow that we get because, because we're in the limelight, because we're very entrenched in our different ecosystems, we're a completely remote team. We've got, um, a lot of, uh, presence in New York, Miami, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, a lot of the rest of the world, and particularly for me in Israel, where there is a lot of incredible tech on more of the protocol and middleware, middleware layer. So while we believe that application layer is, it's a big bet, um, middleware is really interesting because to the extent that some great minds and certainly in the spare market are hunkering down and building some great tech. It's an opportunity to be able to take that tech and offer it into our product offering. So that's the first level of validation that we're going to be doing. So investing in companies that we know that we can incorporate into our offering and selling is, is like a big checkbox on validation. So on that sense, we're going to have not only the unfair advantage in knowing the founders, but also in actually validating the product and knowing that there's product market fit. And most early stage startups fail on product market fit mostly. So we think that that is um, the kind of the essence of our thesis. So kind of two buckets, one customers that were helped that are um, launching Web3 um, kind of projects, and the other mm-hmm. is the middleware that supports those projects in our offering. No, that and and I love that because that's very close to our theses as well. I know, um, and and so and so <laughs> and that's really, why I think we have so much to do together. Oh, and and, and listen, well, let's get Avery from Vayner Three on this as well because they they again, it's just independently you're seeing some uh, you know very smart and 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 well known entrepreneurs. That have all kind of come up with the, that that a VC firm by itself in this space is going to struggle, and they're going to fall behind because they are not going to be able to educate themselves. They're not going to be able to find the deal flow as early as others. Um, and it's not that you know we're using one to 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 push the other. They just it's the same thing. It's just it's a different asset class. And when you're not you know uh, restricted by geography, when you're not restricted by language, you're not restricted by culture or anything else. It quite simply people say, "I want the very best people um, to work on my project with me." And you're, you're a Zoom call away, uh, Liat. You know, same as us and same as everyone else. And it, it becomes very suddenly a very global uh, project that you work on, and you can bring bring in the best people around the world. And, and you guys have absolutely done that. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch some of the projects you guys have done, um, and now to think about you being able to get in from that that early stage and and grow. Uh, and assist them when they need to be, especially in times like this where you know treasuries were lost. It, great teams not, did nothing wrong other than trusted the wrong institutions to manage their, their funds, and that's it's heartbreaking to watch. I, I've seen so many teams, you know, call and say, you know, we're shutting down, you know, and I'm like, you guys are great. What do you mean? You have products, you have you have revenue, and they go, we 
you know, it was in Luna, it was in FTX, it was a Genesis, it was this. And I think that that's really one of the biggest challenges we're going to face over the next few years. Um, and certainly in this very um, near term, I think the fallout from from what we've been through is still, it's, we haven't felt the end of it. No, I, I I mean there's there's uh, you're, you're familiar with a few that have invested in you on uh, that I've seen on uh, on your website, and I think that it's one of those things. I don't think anyone in our asset classes is not affected. Um, I know very few uh, trading firms that that can even say with any with a straight face that they're up year to date. Um, and so that that's just the challenge of, of the industry. But in the same sense, I've seen a lot of projects that should have gone away go away. Um, a lot of people that were that were in um, in this asset class. That we're not doing good things to promote blockchain. That we're not helping with proper regulation. Um, the, the tides went out, and and they weren't. Everything they said was not true, and and we're seeing some fallouts. And so while it's painful, uh, sometimes you do need those forest fires to really kind of clear through the brush, so you can see the the ones that are left standing that do understand how to do this and want to do this for the next few decades. We're not. I'm not in this, and I don't think you guys are either. For for a, you know a quick um, you know rug pull like. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, and and uh, we're we're just so excited to kind of see how everything evolves. What Absolutely. You, uh, yeah. What? So so talk to me about um, you know some of the opportunities that that you're currently chasing right now. You don't have to give names, but just kind of uh, things. Yeah. So um, we're fortunate to be setting out um, today with a a bulk of um, existing clients and some clients that are in the works. But what we're particularly excited about is, um, and while we've had a lot of traction with um, uh, kind of gaming projects and entertainment, we're also seeing some um, really interesting opportunities that are going beyond um, that space. And it's in luxury brands, in startups that are looking to use the idea of Web3 to either incentivize different participants or peer-to-peer compensation. And I think um, it's really, there might be like a slower, um, this might be a slower trajectory than what we had initially thought, let's say six months ago, but we are really excited about um, these opportunities. And yes, I think the lowest hanging fruit is probably in the space that is most amenable, not only from a um, generational perspective. So they, they have um, a, they, they service a, um, a demographic that is already entrenched into the idea of peer-to-peer networks and peer-to-peer trading and the idea of digital goods and, um, and being able to, um, pay for them, use them and, and kind of migrate them. So while we do believe that, you know, the game and gaming space is is a very interesting and, and big part of what we're doing. We're also seeing some really interesting opportunities, including um, in the VC space. So, you know, the idea of, of creating a, um, a, a venture capital DAO that would actually hmm. have its own token and be able to manage um, investments and deal flow and, and deal vetting through you know, a big organization. So, so we're really excited because we've been seeing a lot of different opportunities beyond the scope of what, you know, kind of, I want to say traditional, but it's not traditional because it's like 
the last year. You know, you, but yeah, you, you figured out you figured out ApeCoin and how to launch that. I would love to to do a DAO around VC. It was one of our original things. I just kind of like I was like, eh, I'm gonna wait till the SEC has has a few comments on this before we launch we launch something like that because it it just so so that's the great thing about like let's work on that one together. Um, we would love that because we have a lot of thoughts on that. And, uh, and I think it, I think one of the things that we're seeing is that so many players in the space, so many web three investors and so many, um, kind of, uh, consulting services Mm -hmm. like what you're doing, like what we're doing, there's, you know, there's definitely an understanding that we need to um, hedge the bets by making sure that we do this collaboratively. And so really the best way to do that is to think about this, you know, where does blockchain come to service that? And of course, to make sure that it's legal compliant and, you know, and doesn't have any SEC issues, but, but I believe we we've been thinking about it and I believe we have something, uh, we're, we're up to something. So I would love to definitely take Good. that I've, I've got my notes on what I think works too. And we'll see, and again, we've been aligned everywhere else. So we'll see, see how close we are. So, so, to me, there's there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems with Web three, um, but two of the big ones that I try to talk about a lot, and I'd love to hear just kind of your thoughts and opinions on, is wallets and bridges. Um, and and to me, you know, when we talk about global adoption, we're we're not even close. You got a million and a half, you know, people today that have more than one ETH, one ETH or more in, a, in an Ethereum wallet that are self custodying. Um, that that that's not even scratching the surface. You drop that down to I think point one ETH, and it's maybe like six million. So so we're very much hobbyists at this point uh, by definition. And I and I feel, and that's why all I can say is I can feel we haven't even come close to scratching the surface on what a true wallet would look like. Um, and the entire bridge architecture is garbage. Those are my two. Those are my two issues. Yeah, I I mean it, it's hard to comment more than to say. I wholeheartedly agree. So I think, I think there are two different issues, right? I think one, they're both the, I think the underlying issue for both is um, also um, technology and in particular, the, the kind of the user facing technology. So, you know, web three is just really difficult. Um, you know, you get a ledger, you have to like connect it. You have to look at it. You have to have the seed phrase. You have to put it somewhere. You, have to keep, yeah, you have to keep putting in the pin code. You know, it's, we're just so used to a place where, you know, face ID connects us and then we're able to do all of our banking. And then all of a sudden yeah. we need to like go back to, so, so this, there's this definitely is a, four, a, this is a 14 K modem is the way I, I refer to this. Yeah. And exactly. So, so I think there's, you know, there's a UI, just like a user interface um, issue. Um, especially to the wallet. Um, Mm. There's also a huge kind of marketing challenge. Obviously when things like FTX come out and, and, and really, you know, there's, there's a lot of layers of things that go wrong in the, in an industry that is so unregulated and Mm -hmm. some of it could be just greed and some of it could be just criminal. So there's like a whole slippery slope of it, but that certainly creates um, a disincentive for people to even get onboarded. And if those that do want to get onboarded, it's so difficult to get onboarded and it's so complicated and people start thinking like seed phrase and what if I lose it and then I'll lose my money. And so I think that's, that's the wallet layer. I think on the bridges, it's really more of a, it's a technological challenge. It's the, the, the underlying technology is 
super complicated. Um, and we set out at Horizon Labs to make our, our first tagline was we were going to make blockchain accessible for business. Now, the reality is, is that it's just so inaccessible because it's so complicated. And 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 bridges are a way, they're, they are, they're a bridge. <laughs> bridges are a bridge to making it more accessible and certainly making it interoperable and, and much more usable so that you're not like stuck in one silo. But we're, we're just not there technologically. So it goes back down to my, like my first sense, the technology is still clunky. It's just still not there. It's amazing. It's been around for so long and it's still clunky and not there, but it's, it's clunky. It, and, and do you think that that's just because there's, it's so closely tied to economics that people get so vested and, and just focused on on the ability to make money in the space that there's a little bit less of innovation. You know, Web One when it came out, like nobody thought much about money at the time. They're just like, I can do cool stuff. You know, I can I can do things. And it wasn't until kind of the Beanie Baby area of, of the late of the you know slightly later '90s, because um, I still feel we're kind of on like '93, '94 right now. Web so, but but I think the analogy is perfect. So you know, Beanie Baby, Crypto Kitties. Like I think the, I think there are still a lot of um, people who are genuinely um, super excited about the technology and not about mm-hmm. just getting getting rich quick. And I think in Web One, um, at the get go there were the people who were really excited about the technology. And then there were people who thought like, wow, I can sell dog food on the internet and like make a lot of money. So I, I think we, I think the analogy still holds, but I agree with you. We're like in 93, 94, we're, we're, we're so far back. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, we weren't even doing email in 93. So no, that's that's very true. And and right now there's there's no true messaging component of Web3, which is the most insane thing um that that Web3 communities like like mine, probably like yours, you know, we're on Discord, we're using email, we're doing other things. Well, it, it's great. Web Web one and web two technologies are at this point work absolutely fabulous. Um, but even if we say we really want to be true, you know, good DGENs, um, it's it's harder, it's slower, it's more expensive. Like there's no business on the planet that goes, you know what I want to do? I want to have less security, higher costs, and higher risk. Like it's just not going to happen. And just be slower, you know. And yeah. I just, I just, I just want my throughput to be super slow. That's what I want. <laughs> I want, I want to be really, really inefficiently slow. Yeah. Yeah. Again, really, it's amazing to see how many like symbiotic you know relations we have between organizations. And again, I know of uh, a number of others uh, ecosystems that are very similar to mine. That is, is you know, again, we're all kind of working together and figuring out how this new asset class works. So I, I love the conversation. I love I love the collaboration, and I'm really excited to you know work more with you and your team over the over the next few years and, and decades as well. So it's really again a, a great intro that we've had today. That being said, as we kind of bring it towards a close. You have so much, you know, institutional knowledge of the space right now. Um, I think that you guys probably have one of the clearest views on kind of being able to deploy coins and technology, uh, you know, on uh, in a Web three blockchain uh, world. And so, kind of, what are your, just your thoughts that people should have as they're as they're evaluating the space, whether to make investments or to, to build a company or to just kind of look at look at uh, the Web three asset class overall. Um. So I think I think the first thing I would say to someone who's you know just clearly interested but has no um, experience is that this is a long game. So it's it's really not about you know are NFTs the thing? Just like 
Are ICOs a thing? So it's less about the fads and the crazes that will invariably, I don't know what the next one is, but there will be one. Um, so it's less about that. And it's more about thinking, um, where is the real value to be had here? So, um, so to the extent that someone doesn't have any experience, I, I would say, you know, take a small bet and, and a long game if it's someone that is interested in the space and has um, some utility out of going into Web3, then I would say, you know, definitely come to us and we'll help you explore it because I think there are a lot of really interesting ways to think about um, kind of innovative business models that, that come out in tokenomics that I think um, to the extent that you're able to harness a community around um, some kind of project value that you're creating, I think there's a lot of opportunity to be able to do things that, that web two just can't do. That's fabulous. No, it's, it's a great outlook and and so many things. Uh, Leah, what's the best way for people that are interested in, in, uh, horizon, uh, labs, ventures, and all the other things you got, uh, what's the best way to find you guys? So the best way is to, we're on, we're everywhere. Um, best way to look for us is, um, HLV XYZ. That's our, our website is, um, HLV.XYZ. We're also on Twitter in that framework and, um, and on LinkedIn, we have, um, Horizon Labs Ventures or HLV. And, um, I think there's a, yeah, contact us on our, on our kind of very new, just landing page of a website. So, uh, HLV.XYZ is probably the best way. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you also for really being such a good steward uh, of the technology and, and overall space. And, and we're thrilled to have you to see uh, the the expansions you're making um, and really kind of the, the width and depth uh, that, that you and your team are making in the space. So so thank you so much. And for all of you Y Whales out there, uh, fabulous interview with Aliyah, uh from uh, Horizon Labs, Horizon Ventures, ventures. and I'm sure qu- Ventures and a few, uh, many other things coming soon. So take right. care. Talk soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Why Whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. Why Whales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.